Hey everybody, welcome to British Church UK's podcast. Our vision is to be planted for the community here in Launceston. We pray the messages you listen to on our channel will bless you this week. So, those of you who've been tracking with us the last few weeks, you'll probably be slightly aware that we, we haven't been in a series in the sense that we haven't been going through a book of the Bible or we haven't had one particular topic that we've been, been looking at for the last three or four weeks um, but there has been a bit of a threat. We've, we've done some Holy Spirit stuff around Pentecost, and, and yeah, it, hopefully there has been a bit of a threat, although there hasn't been a, a particular series. But being the classic person I am, the series um, that we were going to be doing now was going to be all about Philippians 4 and uh, about being overcomers. So Sam sent that out quite a long time ago for those of us that were speaking in this series. Then he changed his mind and said, Go for what you feel led to do around Pentecost and all of that. And because I'd been reading Philippians 4 over and over, thinking about what I might share and in like six weeks' time or whatever it was at the time, we're in Philippians 4 this morning um, because that's where I wanted to go. Um, or for, no, that's not entirely true. It's where I felt God wanted us to land these last few weeks. And I guess just to tee it up, a, a few weeks ago, Tim came and shared, and he talked about the fact we can have one foot in and one foot out. At some point, we've got to take the plunge and we jump in, believing that the miracle is happening upstream. And then Sam shared about um, the, the barren land and, and the fact the rain is coming. But I just kind of get a sense that for some of us, there's all this like hope, like you've got to step out. We've got to step out as a church. We're going to go through this transition. We're going to believe that God is. And some people are sat here this morning and we're like, but you don't know me, Jordan. You don't know what I face. You don't know the fears. You don't know what it looks like for me in my life to step out. And I want to say maybe I don't, but God does. And we too can overcome in those situations. It might not be easy, but God sees you. He hears you. So I guess I apologize on behalf of every preacher when we get up here and we're like, come on, we've got to go for it. And you're there like, but I can't. I get that. We get that. But today... I hope there's going to be a message that encourages you. If you, Ben started this morning, if you've come in and this week has been rubbish, hopefully this will speak to you. If you've come in and, and you're on the verge of stepping into something or whatever, hopefully this will speak into that. We're in Philippians chapter 4. I didn't get my Bible verses in in time, so they're not going to come up on the screen. Um, but if you've got your Bibles, we're in Philippians chapter 4, and we're going to read from verse 4. Really well-known passage of the Bible. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Here we go. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. We're going to read on in a moment, but we're going to pause there. That well-known verse, do not be anxious about anything. It's like, God, are you an idiot? I'm anxious about everything right now. I mean, Launceston College and guys are going through exam season. Of course, there's anxiety and stress and fear in our lives. He doesn't say you won't ever be anxious about anything. But he says, when it comes with thanksgiving... Present your request to God. And 
I didn't know that Trace was going to do that as we worshipped this morning. But when she just offered that opportunity to say, God, I'm thankful for bloody blood. It's important that we do that, isn't it? It's important that we do that. And I think we, we know that as Christians, like, God, we're, we're so thankful for so much. But I, I just ended up doing a little bit of reading and a few different things came to mind. And Pete Gregg does an incredible prayer course. If you've not done it, it's amazing, 24-7 prayer course. And, and the first session, it's all about thankfulness. It's all about gratitude. That's where we start from when we pray. He's not God, but he's pretty good, and I would heed his advice. A commentary I found said this, Thanksgiving guards against a whining, complaining spirit before God when we let our requests be made known. We really can be anxious for nothing, pray about everything, and be thankful for anything. But here's the bit that I loved. Me and Melissa, we've been on a, this last couple of weeks, we've been thinking about this sense of gratitude, and Melissa heard a song that was talking about this, and it's spoken to me massively. But science says this, I'm not a scientist, so some of the words I'm about to read, I don't know what they mean, but overall, we're going for it. Gratitude gives 23% lower levels of cortisol. Now, we were talking in staff on Wednesday, and we thought that was some form of cream. Turns out, it's actually the hormone that creates stress in the body. Now, if, if I could say to you today, I've got this pill, and if you take it, you'll have 23% less stress in your body. I think there could be quite high response rates. We could see a few people coming to the front. If I said that in Launceston College right now, there'd be a bunch of year 11s and year 13s be all over it. I want to tell you, we got it. It's called gratitude. That's what science is telling us. I'm not a scientist. Studies have shown that gratitude reduces anxiety, depression too in part, in, sorry, depression too, in part by optimizing the functioning of the autonomic nervous system as well as some, some as well as those same neurotransmitters involved in anxiety. Here's the bit that I do understand. The brain can't respond to anxiety and gratitude at the same time, which means it's one or the other. We've got a choice. When anxiety comes, we've got, it's, it's not an easy choice. Hear me, hear me right, if we're people that have faced um, anxiety or depression in your life, it's real. But we do have a choice here. A few years ago, three years ago, in fact, we were, we were kicking off a series on boldness and courage. And I've shared about this before. But Sam tricked me into a trip to Adrenaline Quarry. And if you know me at all, you'll know I'm petrified of heights. Like, this is just about my limit. Um, the heart rate gets a bit high when I'm a bit high. So he tricked me into this thing. And we, we did this massive swing. And the first thing is that you turn up and you've got a queue, haven't you? And you watch everyone else and then the heart's oh, like, I can't do it. I'm a 20, however old guy I was at the time, 25-year-old guy. And I'm going to have to ask them to, to just cancel my ticket or something. Like, I just can't do it. You're in the queue. You get to the front. They give you this harness and you put it on. There's quite a, there's like, I mean, there's a pretty chunky steel pole. But there's basically a pole that sits in front of you. And it was just me and Sam. And... Uh, we're side by side. You've got this harness on. And all they do is clip the harness to the pole and then say, sit. There is no seat. There's literally just a pole in front of you. And you sit and your legs come up off of the ground and that's it. I'm like, I'm heavy. <laughs> you sure this is going to do it? 
And I start to think logically about, could this thing, is it, like, there must be somebody who's going to die on this thing one day. And I'm going to be that person. I'm going to be the one. I'm going to be all over the news. <laughs> Hopefully not. Um, but that's the thoughts that go through my mind in that time. And anyway, the guy, they, they attach this thing behind you and they start to pull you up. And if you've ever been on like any roller coaster or if you've been on that switch, you know it's like in the waiting and you're going up and it's so slow. And it, everything's just getting, so the guys in the queue there now just look like little pinheads because they're so far away. And we're, and we're halfway up and, and the guy says, oh, you're halfway there. I was like, <laughs> he's got to be joking. Looked up and there was a pole. At the, and I was like, oh no, we are halfway up. In that moment, I was anxious. I was fearful. Genuine. <laughs> um, I had a choice to make. And slightly, probably even jokingly at the time, I can say that now, I just started to declare some truth. I just started to say things like, God, you own the cattle on a thousand hills. I can see every one of them right now. I'm that high. But you own them all and you've got it. God, you've promised that you'll protect me. And I just started to say that. And probably, I think even Sam at this point was like, you're a whack job. Like, what are you doing? In that moment, I can genuinely testify that it felt a little bit easier. But here's the thing. I still went through it. I still had to go through the swing. I could, everything inside of me was screaming, like, please, just let me down. Just let me come down slowly to the bottom. But as I started to declare truth, I still went through the circumstance. It wasn't removed. But I did it from a different place, a place of gratitude and thankfulness. If I said to you, we did this with youth the other day, just a, a whole session on thankfulness. And to start with, they were finding it really tough to say things they were thankful for. And I was like, surely you've got loads to be thankful for. And then I joined in myself. And then I was like, oh, man, I'm not very good at just having it roll off my tongue. Are we people that just rise each day? Thank you for the breath in my lungs. Thank you for the snoring partner next to me. Thank you for my kids. Thank you for my job. However hard... Yeah, I'm the one that snores. Um, <laughs> thank you for my job, however hard it is. Thank you for, like, just dinner on the table last night when I got it. Whatever it might be, does it roll off the tongue? Because, see, here's the thing. If we read on, it says this. Finally, verse 8, finally, brothers and sisters... Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learnt or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. See, here's the thing. What are we meditating on? What are we filling ourselves with? Because ultimately, that's what will come out. When the squeeze comes on, it's what will come COVID exaggerated that whole thing of like, fear was genuine and real in that season. Of course it was. It was completely valid. But if we filled ourselves with BBC news and then probably went to ITV news and they were just falling out with BBC news or we read The Sun or, or whatever it might be and we just filled ourselves with that, in the conversations... That's what came out. Fear. Oppression. 
Did we go to God's word and fill ourselves with truth throughout that season? I don't know. I don't know what we did. Only you can answer that. But here's the thing. If we will fill ourselves with things that are noble and true and excellent and praiseworthy and meditate upon such things, maybe you, when you're in your anxious state, it might not be at a height. It might, I don't know what it would be. But maybe, just maybe, some of that might spill out and we might be able to get through it together. little side note. Um, in uh, 1 Peter 5, verse 7, there's an incredible verse. It says, cast your anxieties or cast your cares upon him, for he cares for you. I love that. Because, see, here's the thing. What was Peter? Peter was a fisherman. And Peter used the fishing term in cast for, for me on the cricketer. By the way, we won yesterday. Great. Um, if you were here last week, you'll get it. Um, Peter was a fisherman, so he used a fishing analogy. And I don't have anything I can do this with, probably. But here's how you fish. For the, if you're a fisherman, I'm sorry. If you're, if you're fishing with a net, here's how you fish. You gather the net. You pick it up out of the boat. And Peter says, cast your anxieties upon him. This is how fishermen cast. You ready? Can we have like a bit of a drum roll? I got my net. Oh. Sorry. Here's the thing. That's how we cast. So fishermen cast. They throw it. They chuck it in the water. What's Peter saying? Throw your request, cast your anxieties upon him, for he cares for you. Sometimes we're overcomplicating some of this stuff. I do it all the time. It's like, I've got to get in my ritual space, or I've, I've, got, to, I've got to just be right. I've got, to, I've got to have eaten the right thing in the morning, or whatever. Peter says, cast it, chuck it. Wherever you are, whether that's the drive to work, whether you're, you're in the meeting and it's, it's all going wrong, it's like, cast it. Chuck it at me. I want it from you. See, here's the other thing with Peter. Peter wouldn't have fished alone. When, Peter, when they were out on the water and, and Jesus said, duh, duh, you need to bring your net back in and you've got to chuck it out on the other side. It would have been heavy. It would have been wet. And, and they're dragging the net back in and, and they get it back in the boat. Do you think he did that on his own? Or, and do you think an individual did that? I don't think so. I think his team, they got together, they pulled it in, they chucked it out on the other side. See, here's the thing, and we're going to do this at the end. We're going to pray together. Because I believe that it's so powerful when we cast together. When we'll say, God, have it together, corporately. Right now, we, we, I'm not going to dwell on it this morning. It's not what this morning is all about. But we're corporately casting our anxieties about the future of this church. We do that together. Yes, we can do it at home on our own too, but th there's a reason why we do it together. It's powerful. We stand side by side, brothers and sisters, together. That was a slight side note in Peter, sorry. What are you filling yourself with? When the squeeze comes on, what are you meditating upon? Where do you spend your quiet time? Where do you spend your evenings? Is it Facebook strolling? 
scrolling. Strolling? I mean, you can stroll on Facebook, maybe. Um, are you deep in the word of God? Do you know the truths when the heat comes on? Would you have something to declare that's good and noble and excellent and praiseworthy? We read on. I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I am not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all things. Sorry, I can do all this through him who gives me strength. Incredible passage. I too, three years ago, learnt the secret of being content. It's called marriage. And when I got married, something happened. I married somebody that is really good at making tiffin. <laughs> and mini egg, caramel, shortbread. And is quite keen on like Chinese or fish and chips on Friday nights, or steak actually. Um, but in, in my, yeah, she is a beaut. In my contentment, something happened. <laughs> but you see, here's the thing. What was I actually content in? I mean, it was great, the tiffin and the mini eggs and all. But I'm content in knowing that she ain't going anywhere. This thing that we wear on our hand testifies that this is forever. We're in it forever. Whatever the rubbish we go through, we're in it forever. That's marriage. Here's the thing. Paul is going through and goes through a lot of rubbish with God. Paul is thrown into prison, wrapped in chains, stood there, and it's like, if that, if that was me in that moment, I'd be like, God, where are you? Show up now. Who, who do you think you are that I'm in prison for the sake of you and, and you're not even doing anything about it? It'd be so easy to lose that thankful heart and to become resentful of God. Maybe some of us right now, we feel like we're wrapped in chains. Maybe not physically, but something's going on in your life and it feels like you're bound. Here's the thing. Paul and Silas start to worship. They start to lift up the name of Jesus. They start to get thankful for what God has done in their lives. And what happens? They're set free. The chains fall. Now maybe it won't be just quite like that sometimes, but I believe it can be. And today, God wants to break some chains. He wants to set some people free from some things that we've been carrying for too long. But maybe today is just the first step in that. And it's actually our choice right now. God, I'm going to get thankful. God, I'm going to get right. God, I need to reconfigure my ticker when it comes to thankfulness and gratitude. 
Why was Paul content in God? He knew that regardless of the situation, regardless of what they went through, God was going nowhere. If you feel like today that God has deserted you or left you, it's a lie. He hasn't. I can test, in my life, I can testify to that. I can testify to the feeling that it feels like he has. But I can testify to the faithfulness that he never has. If you feel that today, at the end, just let's grab a hold of someone. We want to get that God back front and center in your life. Just as I invite the band back up, I finish with this. There's, in, the, in, in that passage, there's three promises that Paul lays out. The first is this. Basically, he says something along the lines of, if you will present your requests with thankfulness, if you will come to God with thankful hearts, the end of that first passage said this, and the God of peace will guard your heart and mind. I don't know about you, I want some of that. I want some guarding of my heart and mind. The place that Romans tells us we are transformed from. The mind, the heart. I want some guarding of that. Second promise. If you will fill your minds with promises and truth. If you will meditate upon those good things that we've talked about. Here's the promise. And the God of peace will be with you. Who needs some peace today? Final one. If we will learn the secret of being content in all situations, knowing who God is, knowing that God has not deserted you, he hasn't gone anywhere, you can do all things through God who gives you strength. Three promises in a super short passage that when the squeeze comes on, I want to encourage us, we hold on to. God, you haven't gone anywhere. Why don't we stand together and, and just, as, just as Peter casted his nets to catch fish, his encouragement to us was that we can cast our anxieties upon him. In Matthew 11, there's an incredible verse. Take my yoke upon you, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. If you feel today like you're carrying something and you just want to trade it out, I believe that there's a God who, who as we cast towards him, he would pour out love and peace and joy and goodness into your life. That might not mean, as I started this morning, that the situation goes away overnight. But there might be a shift. In a moment as we worship, there is no come to the front response. But as, as I said, I believe fishers, fishermen would, would fish corporately. So we're going to grab a hold of, grab a hold of somebody you trust and know in this place. If you've got to move through the aisles, do that. Grab a hold of someone and cast together. Chuck it at God together. For he cares for you. Let's pray.
Father God, I thank you for your promises. I thank you that where we feel like I can't carry this anymore, you, you, you turn around and you say, well, why were you carrying it at all anyway? God, where we feel weakness, your promise is that you are strong. God, where we feel anxiety, where we're anxious in our jobs, in our finances, in our families. God, you see it. And we thank you so much that that your call for us is, is, is not to carry it, but to give it back to you. So Lord, now together as Bridge Church, We stand, brothers and sisters, together and we say, God, have our fear, have our anxiety, have the things that that when the preacher gets up and he's like, step out, you're like, "I, I, I can't. God, we give them to you. And we ask that you'd move in them. I especially pray for things that have been going on for years, for things that are deep rooted. God, today, breakthrough. By your spirit, come and administer what you want to administer in those situations. Thank you that that final promise is not that we can do anything, but that we can do everything through who you are. So God, today we join with you. We join with you in stepping into whatever it looks like. Thanking you in advance that you've gone before. That you're with us now. That you're right behind us. Cheering us on every step. And we can only do it because of who you are. So Lord, have all of us. Have our very beings. From from the highs to the lows. From the mistakes to the things we're good at. Have everything. Hold us together, I pray, in only the way that you can. And break through in this place where you want to break through. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Please don't leave this space without grabbing that person. Or if if there's nobody in you, come yourself. Ben, we'd love to pray for you. Don't leave here carrying the same stuff you carried in.